This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Open for Business is powered by Bosbole.com, Malaysia's first online company secretary. BFM 89.9, good morning. I'm Roshan Karnison and welcome to Open for Business. It's Monday, November 20th and it is World Children's Day. With that in mind, we're taking a focus at a key part of a child's life. That's education, more specifically the business of children's education, managing a portfolio of childhood education businesses. Thich Doshi has a commitment to the whole, con- whole child concept, balancing a child's academic, physical, social and personal development through her range of services in today's open for business you will get in you will learn about the story behind the establishment of not just the first business but the series of businesses along the way and of course the challenges of managing multiple ventures in the ever-evolving landscape of childhood education as well as a look at the long-term game plan for the portfolio of businesses here in the studio is Jigna Doshi founder and CEO of Eduguru Child Care Services but also Toddler Town International Preschool Enzo International Academy and Lion City Preschool. Jigna, thank you for joining me today and giving me that very long designation to <laughs> read out today. Good morning, Roshan. So I think first thing before we got try to map out the business ventures and the different brands under this umbrella of yours, uh, earlier I cited that, you know, you're looking at this whole child concept, but the thing is, you can't always trust everything you read on the internet. Yeah. Did I get that about right or yeah. did, I, uh, did I misread something? No, no, I think you got it really spot on because I just met with a family yesterday um, and they were telling me how uh, Toddler Town impacted their child at a very young age. The child is now nine years old in an international school and they said the whole social and emotional part that we targeted really helped through even to date. So I think that's way bigger than the education part of things anyways. And the whole child concept essentially balancing that the need for the academic rigour but also like you mentioned that the social part, the curiosity, the, the ability to think sometimes areas that we don't focus on in a lot of Asian um, education systems, or at least not all of them, some of them. Um, so let's start with a little bit of a map of the business ventures here, because as I mentioned, you have a few here. So give us an overview of the different businesses and the role they play or they occupy in child education and development in the in the child education and development ecosystem. So Toddler Town started off in 2019. Um, one of the biggest reasons we opened Toddler Town is because we saw this huge gap in the market where special needs children didn't have a school to go to. They were being rejected in preschools, kindergartens. Um, Even if they were taken in, they weren't really given everything that they need at that point. So we opened an inclusive preschool. That's how Toddler Town was born with a mission to be an inclusive preschool where all children are able to play together and learn together and develop at the same time. Um, with Toddler Town growing from one branch to currently four, we felt a need for a supplementary school after that, especially for the special needs children. They had nowhere to go to after preschool. Uh, they are centre-based learning. There is public schools where uh, special needs children are taken, but parents were still looking for more. That's how Enso Academy came about. So it is a primary school specially catering uh, special needs students, customized curriculum, teachers, therapists, everyone working hand in hand to make sure that students get a good experience uh, in education development and in future to be job ready as well. 
So taller town in a lot of ways uh, because of that, uh, your ability to cater to special needs students mm-hmm. uh, acts as a funnel for your Enzo International yeah. Academy as well, correct? Now you've also got the Eduguru Child uh, Daycare Services as well as Lion City Preschool. Talk mm-hmm. to us a little bit about how those two fit into the uh, portfolio. Right. So EduGuru is basically the holding company of all these schools. Um, We have different brands as they cater to different things. Lion City came up um, quite suddenly. um, We were noticing um, a need for slightly budget range schools where the quality is still pretty amazing. Everything that a parent is looking for in an education system is there, you know, good academics. Hence Lion City, we have adopted the Singapore syllabus into the program. Hence the name. (laughs) Hence the name. (laughs) And then there is still a lot of um, curiosity-based learning. There's still a lot of project work. So it's a good blend of both, except that it's a more budget range school. Is that just a preschool or do you... It's a preschool, yeah. Do you see that growing into a primary school in time? Uh, Hopefully. I've always been asked when I'm opening a private school, an international (laughs) school. So it's pretty endless. uh, Hoping to see where we go in the next few years. So Toddler Town uh, is is a preschool, Mm -hmm. right? Not primary school. Not a primary Uh, school. Enzo International Academy is a primary Mm -hmm. school. And Lion City, again, a preschool Mm -hmm. here. So you've got one primary school catering towards the special needs kids uh, that you, Mm -hmm. some of them obviously coming from your own schools, but I'm sure other external, uh, other, uh, there is also an external source of students there. Give us a sense for, I guess, the number of students, uh, because you manage 11 branches, I guess, Mm -hmm. uh, one way to put it, four of them are toddler town, one one is Enzo International Academy. How many students in total are you educating? Per school, probably around 50 uh, students. Mm. Um, with Enso, actually, we started off with a very big dream. You know, as I said, special needs students in society, we want to see them at the workplace. Um, and, and it grew, it grew from uh, two students to currently about 55 students. A lot of doctors recommend uh, students to us. So we, we do have a really good um I would say community around us of recommendation that comes. We don't advertise the schools much. Uh, that's that's not something I I have done in the mm. past. You know, it's a bit of social media here and there, but it's mostly word of mouth. Uh, people come back to us saying they heard about us from a friend, family member, things like that. So, with an, on average, fifty students a school. You're looking at uh, is that is that the capacity at this point? No, we're still not at capacity. Most schools can take in another twenty thirty percent. Mm. So that's that's the goal of twenty twenty four to fill up all the schools before we look at any more expansion. Mm. But even with that, you're looking at 70 to 80, 80, maybe even to a max 100 Mm -hmm. per school. So we're still talking about very boutique schools here. Um, Would I be correct in assuming that the targeting here is more premium, more affluent, uh, more, I guess you're targeting the more affluent areas and the more affluent parents here? Yeah, the fees are a bit high end, especially for Toddler Town and Enso. Um, One of the bigger reasons is also the quality of staff members. Mm -hmm. Um, Each staff member has a related degree, which is not very common uh, in this country, especially. They come with experience. They come in with a lot of trainings given to them. Hence, the high cost of the staff itself. Rentals are pretty, pretty amazing. So, yeah. (laughs) 
Yeah, because your areas are things like, you know, yeah. Bangsa, Monkera. These yeah. are not cheap areas to set up shop as well. Um, actually, on this note, let's take a look back to the reasons uh, you started these schools. What were the problems that you saw in the market that you were trying to address at the at the time of, uh, let's say, Toddler Town, for example, the first school? Mm-hmm. Mainly it was the special needs inclusion. I think that would be the biggest reason. Um, secondly, we we found that preschool education was more about sitting down, listening to your teacher, doing worksheets. There was not much... Um, you know, allowance for play. Uh, when we felt that it's through play that you can still learn, you don't have to be sitting with a pencil and a paper for four hours a day just to learn something. Uh, a lot of our lessons are based on no table and no chair. They're sitting hmm. on the floor, they're sitting outside, they're learning through an experiment. So uh, I think we wanted to bring that in uh, and also educate parents that you don't have to have a book and pencil all the time. You can look at different methods of learning. Do you face resistance with that? Because I can I can hear parents <laughs> screaming at the radio right now. Saying, what, that, what are you teaching these children? You know, have you faced this kind of... No, we haven't. Actually, the parents that we do get are very appreciative of what we are doing. Maybe that's why they so come. So it's a target market. It's a really. very targeted market. People who are coming market. to you already know what they're getting into and they want... Yeah. It's kind of I guess it's a reason why we have so many international schools now because the demand has been yeah. so high for over a decade or so yeah, yeah. Um, when how did you how did you know about these problems right well, did you have friends in the space are you a mom yourself uh, how did you realize that this is a problem there is a market gap here and I want to address this Yeah, I'm a mom myself. When my children were young, they went to an international school and I noticed a lot was rote learning, you know, everything was just memorizing and assignments and exams. I didn't like that very much. Um, Before Toddler Town came about, I was part of another preschool. It was an international brand, uh, no longer here. But um, that's when we saw all of these problems coming up. And that was a school which was very holistic as well. And we saw it working. So when they were about to exit, um, that's when Toddler Town came in. So did Toddler Town come out from taking over that school? Or no. no it's we, all fresh, you built it it's yourself. It's a fresh branch, yeah. And once you spotted the problem, so you had prior experience, you mm-hmm. knew there was demand for this. Mm-hmm. How do you know there would be adequate demand to cater to the special needs side of things? Or was that, you know, a partial part of the business at first before you decided to open up another school catered to that? Uh, so at my previous workplace that I mentioned, uh, we had one student who came in with special needs and that school did not cater to special mm. needs. But when that student came in, it kind of made us feel like, what are we doing if we're not having these children part of the whole big picture of education? So I think it was that child that made it happen and that's why when we opened Toddler Town, it was with a special needs department. Now, entrepreneurship is uh, not the easiest uh, things to do in life. It's sometimes very lonely, very challenging. And we'll get into a little bit, uh, we'll get into when you thought that this would finally would be a success among other things that encouraged you to venture into this. Uh, Jigna, we've got to go into a few messages. We'll be back mm-hmm. in just a bit. Folks, I've been speaking with Jigna Doshi, founder and CEO of Eduguru Childcare Services. I'm Roshan Kainasin. We'll be back in just a bit for Open for Business. So keep it here to BFM 89.9, the business station. Open for Business will reopen in a few moments. Powered by BossBolle.com, Malaysia's first online company secretary. Broking Financial Mergers. BFM 89.9.
Open for Business is powered by Bosbole.com, Malaysia's first online company secretary. BFM 89.9, welcome back to Open for Business. I'm Roshan Kynason and this morning I've been speaking with Jigna Doshi, founder and CEO of Eduguru Childcare Services, the holding company of a, a few uh, childcare, childhood education services, including Toddler Town International, Enzo International and Lion City Preschool. Um, Jigna, earlier you were telling us a little bit about, you know, the landscape of the education businesses mm-hmm. that you have and the role that they occupy. Uh, primarily, we see it's a premium uh, brand here, boutique in a lot of ways, uh, with a focus on special needs education. Mm-hmm. Um, when you started, I think the first one, as you mentioned earlier, was Toddler Town uh, back in 2019. Mm-hmm. Um, when, you know, once you started, at what point did you finally feel like, okay, this business is going to work. We're no longer, you know, struggling to just keep things operational. When did you realize that, okay, we've got something that works here? Um, I think quite early on, we started in January 2019. And by May or June, we were like in the game. Everyone was happy. Parents were happy. We were having a good number of students. And uh, we were thinking of making this, you know, multi-branch open up a new branch here and there, and then came COVID. Mm -hmm. So that put a little bit of a dampener on things. But even during COVID in 2021, we opened our branch in KL Central, and uh, it did really well. I think within a few months, each branch kind of settles down, uh, is not in the red, it's breaking even. So it, it has always done well. I wished COVID didn't happen. It would have been much faster and better for mm-hmm. everybody around. Uh, tell us a little bit more about how you and your schools navigated the COVID-19 pandemic because it has had some long-lasting impacts on education, particularly uh, public education, uh, but even some of the private schools as well. You know, the uh, years have been delayed. They started mm. in March, you know, yeah. SPM was pushed. All sorts of disruptions happened. Yeah. Until today, we're still feeling some of that. Um, how were preschools impacted on your end and how did you navigate the pandemic? I think preschools had the toughest time because that was uh, that's an age group where parents can say, look, I'll just pull out mm-hmm. and come back when you're open. You can't really do online classes with two-year-olds, three-year-olds. How, How do you even do that? Yeah. But um, we have an amazing team. Uh, all our teachers got together. We thought of how we could provide online support. We used to get together because there was that whole five-kilometer ruling you couldn't go beyond. Mm. And so we would meet up at people's, you know, staff members' houses and come up with material boxes. We would send out huge boxes every week to parents so they had activities to do with their children at home. If they couldn't attend online classes, at least they could spend an hour um, forgetting about work and home and just spending quality time with their child and activities. Mm, Given the the lack of on-premise education, did you have to provide discounts during this time or or were parents still happy to continue paying the full fees? What was the business, what did the business side look like during that time? Um, Most parents were okay to continue paying fees. We did give very small discounts Mm. that we couldn't really afford. Uh, We did get a bit of rental rebate. So we used that to help parents who couldn't pay fees. A very small number of parents came and talked to us saying that they just can't pay because they lost their jobs Mm -hmm. or their salaries were halved. But otherwise, everyone was very, very supportive. I think our parents and our teachers, they, they got us through the pandemic really well. Earlier, you were talking a little bit about 
um, that you were in the childhood education business before this with a different company. Um, how did that inform the way, uh, plus your other experiences, how did all that inform the way you built uh, the first school, Toddler Town International? What were the aims uh, when you first started it? Aside from the special needs mm-hmm. focus, of course, uh, which you've touched on already, how did all this inform the way you built this school? The first one. Well, being in that school definitely helped. I mean, they they thought a lot, uh, kind of like out of the box, um, untraditional ways, different ways of teaching children. So that really brought me back because I was in the early years uh, arena about twenty over years ago. So a lot okay. has changed in twenty years. <laughs> so being being with that school really helped me find out what parents are looking for today before I opened my own. Um, was there a particular reason as to why you have different brand names for the different schools? I know now you're in the process of putting them all together under mm-hmm. the Eduguru uh, holding company. But, you know, you had Toddler Town International and then you opened up Enzo International and then you had Lion City Preschool. Each of them have their own growth strategies. Talk to us a little bit about why uh, not consolidate, consolidate them under one brand. Um, I suppose, yeah, they reach out to different markets. With Toddler Town, it was premium, high-end preschool and then when Enso came about we couldn't really lend the name toddler to it because children there are obviously mm-hmm. older you know primary age um, so we looked for a name that fits in and Enso really fit in because it's that complete incomplete circle of life um, so that's how Enso came about with Lion City again different market yeah, different branding <laughs> different budgets a very different curriculum mm-hmm. uh, very different from Toddler Town where Toddler Town focuses on Reggio and Montessori Lion City goes full on Singapore so mm-hmm. yeah they had to be named differently Talk to us a little bit about the pricing strategy differentiation between the different schools because I'm sure Enzo has a little bit of a premium to it or a lot more of a premium to it considering the additional costs involved in special needs education. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lion City is meant to be more budget and then you have Toddler Town. How do the pricing strategies differ between these three brands? Um, so for, for all brands, uh, when it comes to teachers, of course, we look for staff members who are qualified, they need to have an early years degree and salary-wise that becomes higher in the first place. Uh, and You know, where a lot of schools take in SPM holders and train them, it's very different. With ENSO, it becomes much higher because we require our therapists to have a degree in psychology, a degree in special needs. Mm. Um, they come in with at least two years of experience. So the budgets are much higher in terms of salaries. So fees are definitely higher as well and um, it's it's a lot of customized uh, teaching it's it's not very small group or large group teaching so there's a lot more costs involved Um, it's what parents are looking for as well a Mm -hmm. lot of customization for their child because each child that comes in with special needs is very different as well so uh, am I correct in assuming that Enzo would be the highest priced school in the portfolio followed by Toddler Town Mm -hmm. and then Lion City preschool Um, now there is you know, a lot of parents, parents are willing to pay for education. That's something we've seen before. I've personally seen or heard of parents who've, you know, mortgaged a house, for example, oh to provide <laughs> okay. kids private and yeah. international education. But this was back in the day when it was first opened up to Malaysians. Uh, and since then, we've seen more budget options come into play. Talk to us about how uh, Lion City has done the preschool side of things and whether you see What kind of growth you see in terms of your ability to go further up the education stream into primary and secondary school with that brand? 
With Lion City, uh, it's it's a really good formula because I think the areas that we are targeting are much lower in rental. Um, just for comparison's sake, uh, Toddler Town or Enzo may be paying about twenty five thousand in rental, where Lion City is paying four thousand. Mm. So with that, you know, we Big are able difference. to huge, huge difference. Uh, salaries in those areas are slightly lower, and so we are able to give parents much more in a budget and a school like Lion City would grow into, you know, like a primary uh, school that's private, Mm -hmm. uh, not necessarily an international school, but a private local school um, where quality and teachers are also really good at a budget again. Yeah, that that seems like something that could be quite interesting in terms of uh, a pipeline for you to Mm -hmm. grow your schools in the longer term. Jig, now we're going to go, we've got to go into the 10.30am news bulletin. When we come back, we'll talk a little bit more about the business side of things and where you see the long-term vision for this mm-hmm. group of schools. Uh, folks, I've been speaking with Jigna Doshi. She's the founder and CEO of Ediguru Childcare Services, the holding company of a group of a portfolio of education, childhood education businesses. I'm Roshan Kanison. We're going into the 10.30am news bulletin. We'll be back with Open for Business right after that. So keep it here to BFM 89.9, the business station. Open for Business will reopen in a few moments. Powered by BossBully.com, Malaysia's first online company secretary. Building First World Malaysia. BFM 89.9, the business station. Open for Business is powered by BossBully.com, Malaysia's first online company secretary. BFM 89.9, welcome back to Open for Business. I'm Roshan Kanison, and this morning in conjunction with World Children's Day, which is, well, today, I've been speaking with Jigna Doshi, founder and CEO of Ediguru Childcare Services, the holding company of a portfolio of childhood education businesses, including Toller Town International Preschool, Enzo International Academy, and Lion City Preschool. Uh, Jigna, earlier we were talking a little bit more, again, the story behind mm-hmm. why you went into these businesses, the potential you saw there. Uh, now I'd like to focus a little bit more on the business side of things. And let's start a little bit with the size of the businesses as they stand today. Um, Where is the group of schools in terms of annual revenue? Um, I'd say, what, seven figures going to eight. So the goal next year, eight figures in revenue? I hope so, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So that's a sizable business that you've built in the last three, four years now? 2019? Yeah, 2019. Four years years. through the pandemic. What was the growth like over the last few years in terms of annual growth uh, from zero to the seven to eight figures you're at now? Uh, a bit hard to say because, uh, you know, every time we would make some money, we would think of opening a branch, mm. so everything would go in. And, uh, you know, at one point, we were opening two branches per year. So although there was growth, it just looked like we were broke all the time. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I, from this, I'm gathering that you've basically... Um, funded these businesses internally, uh, either self-funded plus internally generated funds? Yeah, yeah, they're all self-funded. Are you looking to raise funds to grow the business further? Um, not yet. Uh, something in the future, mm. probably, but yeah, not not yet. It's a bit scary to go down that route, you know. Yeah, because I mean, you've got two ways to do it, right? Either you sell a piece of the business yeah. to bring in 
uh, funds through equity or you could borrow money to grow further. But right now, you don't see that need? No, I don't I don't see it yet. Uh, I think it's something I need to process internally for a long time before <laughs> going into it. You already spend, uh, you know, you wake up in the middle of the night with a strategy. Imagine going down that route, you'd mm. be awake half the night. I, I don't think I'm ready for that yet. Also, I guess given the fact that your school sizes are you know, they're more boutique, they're about 50 to 100 students. Uh, internally generated funds are still, you know, a good way for you to continue yeah. this growth trajectory. Yeah. Um, give us a sense of, you know, in your seven to in your seven figures to that eight figure journey, um, which are the bigger revenue generators? I'm guessing toddler town, but give us a sense of how that splits out. Uh, definitely toddler town because it has four branches, but uh, Enso is also a, a good generator of income mm. at the moment. Because um, it's, it's got the higher pricing it's, strategy. It's got a higher strategy, yeah. And uh, with Lion City, it's still very, very new to say so, yeah. Lion City, one branch right now? Yeah, yeah. And mm. it's actually opening next week. So, mm-hmm. yeah, we're just there. So, you've, your two primary revenue uh, generators are Enzo and Toddler Town. Are they about, even though Toddler Town is, has four branches and Enzo is one, are they about the same? About in terms the of, same, yeah. So, yeah. we're looking at essentially a 4x pricing strategy between Enzo yeah. and, Toddler, and Town, Toddler Town. But that's in perspective to the fact that Enzo is also a primary school. Yeah. Um, what is the fastest growing business here? Is it Enzo or are you expecting Lion City to take up that mantle once it starts up? I think Lion City might take over and go really fast. Uh, With Enso, it took quite some time. We Mm -hmm. opened uh, last year, 2022 Jan, and um, we saw a huge growth only this year. I think it was a very new concept in Mm -hmm. the market where you have a special needs school, where there are classrooms instead of small cubicles, where 10 to 12 children in every classroom play and, you know, do everything that we did in school versus being with two other children. So I think it took some time for parents to, to accept that as a concept, but when they did, they just loved it. Now, a big part, obviously, of uh, revenue growth is marketing and acquiring customers. But earlier, you were telling us a little bit about how you haven't really been active mm-hmm. in terms of marketing these businesses. So how have you acquired customers? I think it, it's been a lot of word of mouth. Um, we don't, apart from the usual social media, we don't go all out there on billboards and stuff. We don't have budgets for it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a lot of word of mouth with Enso and Toddler Town uh, in the special needs department. We have a lot of doctors who recommend us to parents, mm. which which was a huge wow factor for us, honestly. We never thought we were on that level that doctors would think we're worthy of a mention. So that has been uh, a real win. Any plans to uh, you know put some money into marketing to boost growth going forward? Mm, not really, no. I think this has worked for us mm. really well. So the word of mouth... The referral business yeah. essentially here seems yeah. to be doing well enough for you. Um, give us a sense for the profitability of the, the businesses either on a whole or based on the different brands. Um, I think they keep us afloat. Like I would say quite comfortable profit. Mm. I won't say we're at a place where we're really happy with profits mm-hmm. yet because there's still uh, spaces in schools that haven't been filled up, mm. which is why we want to look at 2024 and focus on filling up the schools um, instead of opening more branches at the moment. Mm. Uh, are, your, are your profit margins in the single digits or the double digits at this double point? Double digits, mm. yeah. Decent double digits. Okay, so it, there's some room there in, yeah. in, for you to breathe. Because when you you know when you were talking about comfortable, I'm like, okay, are you just making ends meet here? Or, um, 
big thing, I guess, would be for your profitability is the cost factor here. Mm-hmm. Talk to us a little bit about uh, the uh, the cost structure for your schools. So rental obviously being a big part, talent yeah. being another big part mm-hmm. as well. Um, are these the two biggest part components of your cost structure? Yeah, th- these would be the highest um, cost structures. We we want to be in these areas, so the rentals are obviously high and they're going to remain high. We want the best talent, so we're not going to go and look for cheaper alternatives there. So um, it's just a matter of then filling up the schools to make sure that profitability comes in. Now, you are looking at growing. Uh, we talked a little bit about So while you're not putting money into marketing per se, word of mouth is doing well enough for you. You're not raising funds uh, mm-hmm. to grow, but you're using internally generated funds to do so. What else, I guess, are you looking to drive growth to fill in that capacity uh, for the seats you still have, mm-hmm. but also as a group overall, overall, are you looking at maybe buying other schools? Have you bought other schools before? Um, what else are you looking to grow the business? We have bought schools in the past. Uh, Toddler Town, we bought one of the branches in Sri Hartamas. Um, the other ways are probably a lot of partnerships that we want to uh, make with, with uh, like-minded organizations where children are part of, you know, every part of what they are doing and what we are doing. And hopefully more partnerships like that will bring more clients in, more awareness. A lot of people still haven't heard of our schools. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Do you see partnerships with schools, like-minded schools or partners that occupy the upper streams of mm-hmm. education? So your primary, your secondary schools. Do you see partnerships with them as a way to uh, go about getting that word of mouth out? Because, you know, parents could have younger children that they need yeah. to put into schools, yeah. correct? Yeah, we haven't done that much yet, but I know a lot of international schools in the area where our schools are do promote us to families where they have younger kids. Mm-hmm. So it is happening. We are going to look into, yeah, probably actively partnering with them in the future. Uh, currently, we are partnering with a lot of play groups, home play groups, a lot of non-profit organizations uh, where there are a lot of parents, a lot of parent groups in Ampang, Bangsa, Monkiara. You know, they meet up for play dates. High so value targets, we, we, essentially. Yeah, yeah. Coffee shops, you know, those mm. are the places where parents hang out. They want activities for their kids. They may not want to come in every day. So we want to provide a, you know, once a week session, weekend session, parent and child can come in and take some time and bond. Um, what what are some of the so you've mentioned a few types of groups so that's one way of the one side of the partnership side of things um, are you looking at so th- what are some of the partnerships that have worked out for you because you, you mentioned like play groups uh, uh, non-profit organizations can you give us an example of how yeah, that works these have worked out really well so there's a, there's a very active group called Ibu for example they have Tons and tons of young parents in their database. They love to meet up for play dates. Mm. So we lend our school spaces to them over weekends we go, for them right. to come in and, you know, take a couple of hours, set up some activities for them. Our teachers are there doing a mock class. So they get an idea of what we are doing at the same time. So that brings in a lot of traffic. Mm. So you, instead of spending money on marketing per se, you're doing your marketing through these kind of things. Yeah. You're spending your budgets here mm-hmm. where you're giving people a taste of what this yeah. could look like and it's very niche it's a very targeted market so um there's a little bit more i guess curation because it's a bit of guerrilla marketing essentially yeah and also a lot of um 
community. Like mm-hmm. for Enso, we have a Sen Bazaar coming up next Saturday. So for all listeners, if you can make it, do come. We've got all our students who have made Christmas decorations, Christmas presents, and they're going to be selling them. So it's things like this that brings in the whole community. Um, and we're hoping that would be a huge success. A, a good Where is this look. happening? At Enso International Academy, mm-hmm. Plaza Vads. Um, also down the street. <laughs> just down the street. And our kids will have their first exposure of being businessmen. Oh, that's fantastic. We're actually doing a session later today talking a little bit about the importance of, you know, uh, exposing children to business sense mm-hmm. and that's happening at 12pm we're having a few folks over to talk a little bit about that if you're interested in ways to teach your children about business education um, to wrap up our conversation Ajikna, let's talk a little bit about the future because um, clearly you have a longer term plan or aspirations mm-hmm. for this business, you want to grow it um, and you're not afraid to buy businesses to grow your, what you have right mm-hmm. now have you, you know, education is big business, Um I was in a private school that was acquired and then sold uh-huh. and then all sorts of different things. I'm not going to mention which one. Uh, but the education business is rife with consolidation by the bigger groups. Do you see in the longer term your route going more the way of we want to hold steady and IPO this company, this group? Or do you see an m and being the more likely option for your for your venture? I've thought about that a lot, um, to be honest. Uh, it's it's very scary to, at some point, give up the business <laughs> to someone who may not run it the same way that mm. we have uh, had a vision for it. So that's the scariest part. What if someone buys it and treats it just like a business uh, and not think about the children? Uh, hopefully, we can keep it within the family for mm. a very long time and just make it grow and, yeah. And longer term, where do you see, where do you want to see EduGuru Childcare Services uh, in the next five years? What do you want to see come up from here? Uh, we want to see more branches of Lion City, for sure. We want to see more branches for Enso. Enso deserves that spot in mm-hmm. every city in, in the country, I think. Um, and we want to we want to see these adults, young adults, then go into the job field. So we want to then set up a, a job preparation centre mm-hmm. for these young adults and then link them to businesses where they can be employed. So ma- making them employability ready kind of thing mm-hmm. uh, that's where we want to go vocational schools is what we want to do for students who may not be on the academic side of things get them a job by the end of the day so they everything be hidden ma. at home so a little bit of everything Every- <laughs> <laughs> a bit more of everything <laughs> uh, Gina it's been a pleasure speaking with you thank you so much Likewise. for your time today thank you folks I was speaking with Jigna Doshi founder and CEO of Ediguru Childcare Services the parent company or the holding company of a multi of a three childhood education businesses or three main childhood education businesses. That's Town International Preschool, Enzo International Academy and Lion City Preschool. I'm Roshan Kennison. You've been listening to Open for Business. Keep your head at BFM 89.9, the business station. Are you open for business? Register your company with BossBalay.com, Malaysia's first online company secretary. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.